I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We don't talk about strikers. No, no, no. We don't talk about strikers. But... Men say podcast. We are going to discuss an unfortunate defeat. Well, I don't know if it was unfortunate, but it's unfortunate that we've got to discuss the defeat uh, to Swansea. Um, sympathise with everybody who made that trip. That is just a ridiculous length of um, length of the country you've got to cover, and then into another country, and then cover even more distance. So, and fair play with the rail with the rail strike on as well. Yeah, well, that's a thing. So. It's a, it's, a, it's a good effort if you've driven all that way. Up the um, workers and all that, though, obviously. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Strike action happens for a reason. Let's not go there and get it. Are we not going to do the pod on, the, on that? On that Instead. Should we do a political podcast change there? Mm, I don't know if we've got the audience yet. We've already, you know, we always get slagged <laughs> off if we go 10 minutes without talking yeah, about football. That's a fair point. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure we've got the audience to, so we, we can turn it like Chuck Biscuit yet. Or oh, um, Top Flight Time Machine, who started yeah. off as a football podcast and then just um, went massively oh. off track. But that's what their listeners want. Don't think it's what our listeners want, evidently. So we're trying to. Mm. Uh, We'll try and get back on, try and get it back on a football. Yeah, try, try people would rather us, people would rather us mourn about the lack of set of forwards. Yeah, um, I was actually, that, you know yeah. what? I'm, I'm disappointed in myself for saying it because I was actually having a little bet with myself the first time that would get brought up, and it's me who's done it about 30 seconds in before we even like referenced the match yet. Um, right, joining myself, Stephen Gorsuch, uh is Gareth Barker, as always, as you've just heard. Yes. Yeah, you didn't you didn't make the trip down, did you? Uh, of course not. No. <laughs> um, no, I don't do things like that. Um, I mean, why uh, would you? Yeah, no, doing no. A sun, um, doing a Sunderland podcast. I mean, I would, would I would, I would go to loads of away games if I didn't have um, loads of commitments and um, lots of money. That that would be fine. So it even it's even more impressive that people. If you didn't uh, have lots of money. If I did have lots of money, I did didn't don't. What one of the ways around it means that what I meant. Mm. But yeah. Well, but no, I wasn't um, there. But on to summarise, no, I did not attend no. the game. No, I don't know. You didn't go, but it's just it's making small talk for the broadcast. Um, it gives us some some people a chance. Like if somebody really wanted to get, like get in, I mean, there's lots to go out with me anyway. But if someone really wanted to get into us, they could like add that to the list. Like, oh, he doesn't even go to away games. So. <laughs> well, you're giving people ammunition now. That's fine. I don't care. Um, Jimmy has joined us, and he does go to a lot of away games. But not this I one, do. Jimmy. No, no, uh, the, the train's put paid to me going. Um, I would have had to drive there and back probably on my own. So thought that's probably not worth it. 
and uh, possibly uh, in hindsight that was the right decision mm. <laughs> quite possibly but you did watch it obviously yes oh yeah I watched it yeah um, on uh, on the on the internet well we're going to be leaning we're going to be leaning onto you for uh, some positive chat um, to make us all feel better about did you ever see um, that show called Marion and Jeff this is relevant no. who was in it it was a it's a Rob Rob Bryden thing. Oh no, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. and he he's basically like a taxi driver who's like estranged from his son, by his child, his children. He's been dumped basically by his wife, and um, he was having an affair. And it's like a one camera thing, and he's just like he's always driving around the country. Um, and it's like, that would I've just imagine Jim would be the same thing, just driving around on his <laughs> own for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> In the dark, windy. Yeah. In one of the episodes, he drives to Paris to to, um, to uh, <laughs> surprise his children at um, Disneyland on the holiday they've gone on with his uh, ex-wife and um, the new partner, um, and it obviously doesn't go down very well. Um, but that does sound like that just sounds yeah. So it just reminds I just imagine Jim like sort of <laughs> talking to the camera, sort of going, "Well, that, did, that didn't go very well, did it?" After the uh, second goal went in, but yeah, there you go. Well, if, you ever, if you ever do drive around by yourself looking for yeah, um, yeah. looking for uh, going to Sunderland matches and make sure you provide us with some content. We can put on YouTube. We can put on YouTube. I'll do some live streams on the the audio out as bonus as content. It all counts. It all adds. It all adds to it. Sorry for Derek. In it there. That was three minutes of not football for people to get angry about. We also have a Wiseman's here debut uh, this evening for Eleanor. Hi, are you all right? Hello, yes, are you? Yes, yes, I'm good. Tired, long day at work, but good. All right, okay. We've all got jobs. And ain't yeah, but when you're 23 year old, you're, you're new to the world of work, so you're allowed to complain about it more. Mm, well, <laughs> you didn't, you just introduced her as Eleanor there, like. But not a second name. And no, I'm like Cher. I don't, I don't need another name. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't drop Jimmy's name, second name, in either. I don't think. Did you not? Just don't think so. Oh. Just you know, you need oh. to try and make it impersonal, don't you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. No, you don't need to make it impersonal. You know what I mean? Got that with the wrong it's, right. It's, what a dreadful start. Yeah, well, it is. It is. This is what happens when we do. When you don't. When the listeners don't let us ask for stupid topics and questions to talk about, we just drivel on for ages. Um, right, Jimmy, I want you to start and uh, put, a, put, a, put a positive spin on this so that we can't uh, be accused yeah. of just negativity. You're going to set the tone for this whole podcast um, by giving us the, the Jimmy Rear positive spin. Okay, so um, I guess what I'll have to do is not say everything that I think that, and just say some of the No, no, but, see, this is the thing, because even if, even if you were broken, <laughs> then, that's, then that's telling, isn't it? Jim, if you're broken, yeah. it'll break my heart. No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not broken. I, I, if I'm being honest, I thought, um, obviously, uh, being uh, being truthful and serious, um, I would say that the second half uh, performance was, was was obviously quite promising in context of what the first one was. I think um, the first half was really, really bad, but moving on to be positive from that, um, just looking at the stats, I think we... We definitely brought it back and actually sort of ended up kind of matching Swansea on a lot of the stats at the end of the game. I think we were possibly lucky to have not scored uh, again an equaliser. I think the changes that were made worked well. And just like the sort of mental change from half time onwards, it looked like kind of like a different team in the second half, which good as it was also begs the question why the hell they wasted the first 45 minutes um, at playing the way they did. Uh, I think obviously the lack of striker, uh, we are going to have to talk about it because it is a big problem. It was massively uh, sort of missed on in the first half, especially because there was just no way we could 
get any kind of foothold in the game because we couldn't get the ball forwards and you know effectively. And when the only time that changed is when Jack Clark went up front in the second half, which which worked well. Obviously, he scored he scored a goal, but then you do you do lose out on him in other areas of the pitch, which possibly is why we only got the one goal as opposed to maybe getting well, obviously getting the two that we needed. And I think also just to mention defensively, um, we were pretty poor in the first half. I thought in, in midfield, it was far too easy for there. Midfielders to play through what was quite a sort of, I don't know, it seemed like Evans and Neil just, it wasn't really working. Like there was a lot of space. And I know Swansea are a good ball playing team anyway, so I wasn't expecting us to dominate the ball, but we just sort of, we didn't really do anything. Dan Neil, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, don't be he's like digging him out as apparently that, that's what happens if you mention something that's not positive about a player. But I thought he was, um, he, some of his tackling in the first half left a lot to be desired. I think he was got booked quite early on and then was still leaving his foot dangling and things. I think Evans was just caught out because um, obviously he's not got the best physical attributes. So I think the two of them together just kind of meant that Swansea were able to dominate. And then that obviously led to a lot of strain being put on our, our defence, which has been good. I, I, I think the defending, obviously, for the two goals was poor, but I think overall um, that was kind of in isolation. I, th- I think, to be fair, the keeper and the, and the, and the defenders actually were, were OK in the main, but I think that obviously there were issues. I think the main issue defensively for me was more in the midfield area in the first half, but that did improve with the physicality and energy bar and Matete brought. So that would be my hopefully more positive. Than that. Listen to the... Um... Listening to, listening to the, uh, the 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 preview pod from um, when Matt was saying that he was making a case for Jack Clark to play up front, were people surprised he didn't go from that from the start? Because he when he finished the the game against Blackpool, you know he he got himself on the end of a cross and the keepers pulled off a really good save, and that's really the only clear cut chance Sunderland have created in terms of uh, where you would expect a centre forward to have a chance. In, in those mm-hmm. two games. I know you've just said there, Jimmy, you know, we might lose them in other areas, but we've got these players to play in these other positions. And mm-hmm. and and clearly it didn't quite work for Ahmad there against Blackpool. So were we su- surprised? And surely now this solidifies that he's got to play there until we get somebody back. I think personally for me, like I think Mowbray's made a good decision there. Clark can be spotty at times. He can get in his head if one thing goes wrong for him. I do think that sometimes his head goes down a bit and he loses it a bit. I mean, that's like just from what I've seen. I think he does tend to make a few mistakes. And I think that if you were to put that kind of pressure on him at the front, I wonder whether he would, he he could step up because we have seen him step up at those big occasions. But I wonder whether maybe it could be a bit much for him with kind of both of our strikers being out, him not being able, him having to kind of play that role in himself. And I do wonder whether maybe he'd crack under it and we wouldn't see the best out of him there. Gareth? I think the thing that Jack Clark gives you in that wide area, he's a ball carrier, isn't he? So I know you're saying, obviously, you've got different options. Um, You could play a lot of different options down that side. Um, but there's an argument to say he's probably been top three players this season across the 13 yeah, games we've played, um, and he does he does the job a bit differently. Um, and he, like, his goal is a good example of that ball carrying. Where I'm not talking about like someone like Amadou like likes to get on the ball and like drop his shoulder, do a step over all that. You know, Jack Clark gets the ball and drives into space um, and gets the ball forward in that manner. Um, he's probably the only winger we've got who 
probably does that. I would say, maybe I would say Roberts does that a bit, but again, he's a bit more of a sort of a, a jinky winger, isn't he? So, um, I get it because he's, he's, not... his, goal, his goal wasn't directly a result of him being a because he could he could have scored that goal. Yeah, he could have scored that goal from. I'm from not. That. I'm not against. Um, I mean, I'm not against the. The, the fact that he went up front, I thought he did really well. And it was probably the most promising, the, mo- the most forward, centre forward type <clears throat> performance since we've lost those two, um, lost lost the two forwards that we've seen from a player. What I would say, and I'm, I'm sure some people will disagree with us on this, but I actually thought the first half performance wasn't wholly, I think it was. It would be a bit easy to say, oh, it's because we didn't have a striker in the first half. Mm-hmm. Elements of it probably were. But I thought there were lots of other things going on there that, um, you know, the fact we didn't have a forward on the pitch doesn't mean that a player can't pass the ball 10 yards to another player no. in an area where the, the centre-forward wouldn't be involved in the game. Um, so I think, you know, yes, it will have an impact in the first half in in, in some respects if we got the ball into a, in, in a dangerous area. And, and I think Chris um, Weatherspoon did some put some graphs uh, as as he, as he likes to do on the internet, which did show like a demonstrate, you know, in central areas in the box, we, since we've lost those two centre forwards, those chances have um, absolutely um, sort of reduced. Um, but in terms of the general play, I felt as well, the first half, there was other, there was other, there was other, it does, I agree, but I feel as though, We've been affected less in other games with the same system, and technically, in the second half, we did play without a cent- we did play without centre forward, mm-hmm. um, but it was a different one, and we played a lot better. And we've played better in other games with other centre forwards. So, yeah, um, I'm not trying to be contrary or anything. I just think, and I, I totally agree with the overriding point on the centre forward thing, but I don't think that was a reason, the sole reason for the bad performance. No, of course half. not. Of course I not. Think, I think it, 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 it is. Just, yeah, it's just it is one of many factors. You know, we're not yeah. suggested otherwise, but the, it, it, I can't get away from the fact that it has a, a, a knock-on effect, and I think it, you know, and confidence can be one of those things affected by it. So when you know when Ahmed missed that, um, Ahmad missed that chance against Preston when he did all the hard work, and mm. then he got himself in a good position and he didn't score, and he was deflated from that moment onwards. Like the my mates next to me articulately put it, um, that's knocked his plug in that. And um, his plug was knocked in. Yeah. And uh, I think there was an element of the whole team being deflated from that moment. And these are the knock-on effects we're talking about. So, of course, there's more factors than there being no strikers. But I just felt like the confidence went a little from that moment. In the second half of that game, the crowd started getting a bit frustrated. Probably for the... Not probably. Definitely for the first time this season. Uh, I don't think they'll get on the players' backs. But it can affect the team because everybody's getting frustrated and self-doubt starts to creep in, you know, and, and just the lack of the when, when black when Blackpool were pinning us back a bit, and just the lack of basic tactics to have somebody up front to just relieve the pressure a bit and hit somebody and get them to hold it, move the centre halves about a bit. It all feeds into it, doesn't it? Is, yeah. is what, well, is, is, is what with, I'm saying. Yeah. With confidence as well, with 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 obviously the young team that we have, I think that, like you mentioned, the confidence that can be quite brittle. That's going to be more pronounced, I think, in the younger in the younger side, like what we have. So, like you say, I think that's, that pretty much sums up this, the striker effect effect that indirectly through through because obviously um, the Ahmad not dealing with missing a chance well is is an inexperienced thing, possibly more than anything else. So we've got a lot of players you put in that bracket where they haven't had the experience to deal with that pressure. So 
when things aren't going our way, it's it's often um, the case that we do, you know, we will keep going. Always, you know, the the the, um, the fight and, and and sort of resilience of this team has been really good this season in the main. But we are going to get the inconsistencies with the younger players, especially. And I think it's it's probably just being magnified by the lack of the strike because against Swansea we couldn't really press properly because uh, obviously Stewart's pressing brilliant when he's playing and we've pressed okay in other games, but I think it's a lot harder when you don't have that focal point to lead it. And um, especially, obviously, the, the sheer lack of physicality, like Pritchard, Roberts, Embleton, none of them are going to worry a centre-back on the ball in the same way that, that Stewart would, because they know that they don't have the physicality, they can play around them. And, you know, if it comes to it, they're not going to, you know, the, the amount of time Stewart's nicked in ahead of, of, of centre-backs and bullied them off the ball and got the ball off them. We just can't do that. And that, that's been a really fruitful way of how we've played and then that 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 knocks confidence to the other team. You'd imagine not in every game. I think in the second half against Blackpool and the first half on Saturday would probably be the, the starkest examples of that. In credit to us, though, we pulled it around in the second half. So it's not like oh, what's happened now? It's gone forever. But I think that we are going to see that with the young team. There is going to be inconsistency, and then when we're not scoring goals, it's going to be highlighted more because obviously that's affects it more, doesn't it? Because you know, if, if we were scoring goals and then there was a little bit of a confidence issue, then we might win that game against Blackpool 1-0, we might draw that game one all on Saturday, right? but because we're so, we're scoring so few at the minute, it's really highlighting the fact, is there any little wobble is affecting us, if you see what I mean. And, and, and there was a hope going at this game, I think, wasn't there? That, you know, because we just mentioned there about the lack of centre-forward being able to move centre, you know, the central defenders around and it means that Blackpool and Preston can just you know, stick X amount of men behind the ball and not really worry about getting dragged in out with position and stuff like that. And then obviously we we saw the performance um, at uh, Reading and to an extent at Watford. And there was a hope, wasn't there, going into this game, I think, that um, we're playing against side who like to play football. Um, the centre forward is not going to be, it is going to be less of an issue, which it probably was, as Gareth just said there. Um, and I think that was just, that hope got deflated in the first half is this the first time Borough possibly but is this the first time we've looked Eleanor this season where we just thought we're just absolutely miles off this here in comparison to our opponents yeah definitely I mean like I've been to I think there's only about two or three away games I've missed so far this season um, as opposed to Gareth who apparently doesn't go to any and I very much like was watching that on TV this weekend just thinking I don't see where this is going to come from. I mean, like Jim was mentioning stats before. I think they had watched six shots on target. We had two, I think it was when I saw them. Yeah, come up six at the and end. two. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Like everywhere else, we were pretty even with them. But it comes down to the simple like idea of if you don't think there's anyone going to be there to get on the end of the ball, then what's the point in putting it in? And I think the lads just started to feel that more and more as the game got on because there were. And you can't say for definite that anyone would have got on the end of those balls. Like, it's impossible. But I think more and more as it went on, they were putting in balls that potentially Stuart might have got, Sims might have got, and they're just going, well, we need to find something different. And they, I found it, it was more so, I think, against Preston, I saw it, and maybe Blackpool. But you find that we're just doing that kind of lumping up long balls again to try and get anything in the box. We're losing those tactics. We're losing that finesse. And yeah, it is deflating is the best way to put it. I think that's like the right word to use, really. 
Second half, it was it, it was encouraging to, to to put it back and put the Jimmy positive spin on it. It, it, it was, wasn't it? Because the, these players have a lot in the bank, really, with these fans. I think mm-hmm. because because you know we always say, don't we? All you can ask for is, is for players to give a hundred percent. I mean, it's not strictly true because yeah. <laughs> and, you know you, you don't like it when they're just absolutely terrible as well. But you aren't getting that from these players, and I think we can we can sympathise with them as well. They're hampered by the situation. Yeah, it's worth mentioning about. Um, Swansea's form as well. Like they, that's the fourth game they've won yeah. in a row. I think they're they Touching start distance the within the within the automatics now. Yeah, well, they started the season really badly. They lost a lo- loads of points. I remember there was one game they were tuning up and then drawn two all in the last five minutes. No all. Few other things like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And they've had results like that, and I think it's taken them a while to hit the groove this season. But obviously, they have they have done now. So I think as well for our. Just to build on what you said there about the squad, I think obviously these these are good players that we have, but they're up against a very good team in form. If you look at where they are in the league and how they're playing, um, the fact that we were able to—I mean, I, I was so worried if the first half was to be repeated, we may have, that might have been a bit of a you know three or four nil defeat based on how we played in the first half, but we really did sort of you know stand up to it. But like Ellen said, Ellen said, sorry, the only thing missing was more chances to be created because I mean. We we did we we had pulled the possession back we pulled the passes back we pulled the territory back and we we, we looked dangerous but but like she said it, it we didn't really create that much because it's a lot harder for us as our the way our squad's built to create chances when we don't have that focal point which is why um, all of our best performances have come when we have had a focal point bar arguably the second half of what but you know what I mean in general we, there's a reason why teams have strikers at the end of the day and. Uh, I think that it, that 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 second half, the improvement would have been capped off. I think by I think we, I imagine we probably would have at least equalised had we had a had we had a centre forward to be able to bring on or you know be. This is really difficult, yeah, isn't it? It's really difficult having this conversation without mentioning the centre forward thing. I'm, 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 I'm really trying to think of like a way to like direct yeah. this conversation and navigate this conversation. <laughs> a way to complain about like how things are going wrong for Sunderland, and it's just it's the obvious thing to say because it's it, it's it's. It's what the cause is, Gareth. You, you, um, you said earlier on it wasn't just about that, and you mentioned some other things. Mention some more of those things and get us away from this centre forward thing. Um, <laughs> well, I, I just think it, it. I mean, it is a. I mean, it's an obvious but binary argument, isn't it? That's the problem. And it, you know, it, it's like if you mention the one thing. I know what Graham's done a piece, Graham Atkinson, who writes for the, the site's done a piece on sort of the centre forward thing this afternoon. Um, and the problem is, it, it, it's with football now, isn't it? It's very like a, it's always two camps with everything, isn't it? You can't have like, a, a, it's like you either think this thing is good, there's a, there's a thing, and it's either good or bad. Yeah. And then so you've got to like construct an argument, whatever, whatever the argument is constructed of to, to, to like back up your opinion of good or bad, um, even though it might be mad to a mad argument either way, you've got to come up with it because otherwise you've got to justify your point. Um, and it generally stems from something like so. For in this instance, it's like Christian Speakman's good, Christian Speakman's bad. So we can, if you think we need, we should have signed an extra centre forward, that means you hate Christian Speakman, sort of thing. And it's like, well, it's 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 just you need a bit more. Nuance on the debate, don't you? It's, it's, you know, you know what? It's just baffling. It's just baffling. Go on, go on, the new G. Great. So, line. this was well, Phil's 
Smith, obviously the excellent Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo, um, just sums up that point what you've just said um, there. So, uh, it's, so Sunderland's recruitment over the last four windows has been transformative and for the better. But at times they have taken unnecessary gambles and this one has cost them points. Bumps in the road were anticipated, but by the end of January, Mowbray needs his sporting director to leave him and his squad a little less vulnerable. I think we've always we've always yeah, one hundred percent. We've always been on the edge, like you say, so we've always been on the edge of risk. And you know what? In a way that that's not a bad thing. You know, because obviously risk can bring reward, can't it? So um but maybe there's a point where you look at you can try and be clever about it all you want and try and explain it away. But if you just look at it from a logical perspective. Um, on, in any other situation where, say, it was Lee Congret and in his time, and he was saying these things, um, and he was like, "Oh, we're not going to sign a third centre forward because I don't think we need one for the reasons," it wouldn't have been accepted because, at the time, it you know, it it wasn't it wasn't um, the, the the tide of approval wasn't with that person at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when the tide of approval is with somebody, it, it tends to be that it, the faults are overlooked and and the, anything that happens positive that appears to be positive is overhyped to a point. Um, ultimately, like you know, we, we're still in a situation where a lot of these players we've signed aren't starting games. Um, the, the the players that were paraded, I mean, on the on the pitch um, before the was it the Rotherham game after yeah. the window closed. Yeah. So you know, Mishu didn't even, you know, make the make the squad. Um, Neither did Jaku, who was name checked as the. the, 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 the I know, but I'm just talking about, know. and you know, we have signed Jack Clark, we have signed Patrick Roberts, and they've had good positive impacts on the team. We've signed Dan Ballard, who's been, you know, a mess. Alessi as well. Alessi, yeah. who's, who's looked really good. Um, but who incidentally, people, I mean, just to pick up what you mentioned there, because there was obviously like I, I remember earlier in the season. Um, there was question marks about why he wasn't playing based, you know, after his performance against Sheffield Wednesday. And I think the assumption was he wasn't ready or good enough. Then obviously he showed since he's come in when he had to that he is. But I think there's too many kind of gambles like that you mentioned there being like that. And obviously yeah. not all of the players are going to be immediately ready to start games, which is fine. It's not their fault, but it's the fault of the the lack of um, cover for you know yeah. for, for older or more experienced players to be brought in as well. It's not that we don't want these players, yeah. but it's when it's these are all that we have. It's kind of hard to make the argument like you've said there, Gareth. That it's like it's all positive because it, it definitely is. A lot of it is positive, but there is definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's no way realistically Speakman will have, will have expected both Sims and Stewart to get injured. But then you, I I just think that he. I've mentioned this before. It's like Stuart played basically every minute of every game last season. It's absolutely naive to think he'd do that again. I mean, it just doesn't happen, does it? Like, Only had injury before he before he started playing regularly. He had two injuries which kept him out um, mm-hmm. quite a while. Yeah, he didn't make. His, Sims was injury when, prone at every yeah. team he's played for. It took quite a while before him to make his debut. Stuart didn't it? Was it about four weeks, five weeks after he signed? Because I think he had a hamstring problem or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then fortunately he's been fit and then he's had a bit of a size gone and that's that. So, um, But, you know, I mean, this could be immaterial because, I mean, hopefully Sims will be back, you know, in a couple of weeks. I mean, 
it's just about getting getting through the games, getting out unscathed. Um, and we but generally I, have done that. We well, but Corey Evans now gone yeah. for the next game, isn't he? Which, when we're talking about experience, he's one of our kind of calming influences on the pitch. For him to be out next match, I think that that is a serious concern for us. Because um, if we're thinking in terms of these younger players are going to need a leader. He is quite literally their leader on the pitch and he's he's, he's not going to be there for them. And if you think about, well, the likes of Pritchard could potentially step in, but that's, again, a lot being put on him. And it does kind of, I agree with what Jim was saying before, it does raise that question of we, we do need more experience in our squad because yeah. we need someone to step in when... For example, Evans is suspended. Mm. It's a, yeah, because yeah, midfielders are going to get accumulated yellow card bounce. It's really, yeah. That's a really good point. Like, why why is that not being looked at? I mean, assuming they've looked at it, why have they not sort of thought about that as well? Clearly, you know, we could have had another player. Because we, we said earlier in the season, I know Evans started the season well after initial hiccups, but there were question marks about the lack of depth in, in centre mid in terms of experience then. And I think um, hopefully it's not going to affect us too much because it's only one game and these players have shown that they have got a bit about them, but it is worrying that he's by far the most experience we're going to have in the midfield. Yeah, and it's, I agree, agree with you both there because that was the one thing we were just expressing concern about before anyone got injured up front. We were saying we're a bit light up there and also we're a bit lacking in experience and Corey Evans, um, I mean, we were concerned he might get injured because... Because of his age well, I mean, and stuff like that, but he, it's, actually, he never, it's, never, it's a suspension that's going to keep him out. He generally um, plays two thirds of the two thirds of the games in a season, yeah, isn't he? They've been managing it, haven't they? Um, yeah. Generally, and that's fine. Um, if you've got the other players, not again. I feel like having this conversation. Some people might listen to it and go, oh, it's "Like you know, being negative." It's not. I just, I just, I'd like. I, I think, like Bar, for example, I think quiet. He's been looks really like. I had very low expectations for somebody who's been playing the second team in France. Um, hasn't really played a lot of first team football, um, but he's he's fe- he's got a bit of fearlessness about him and obviously confidence in his own ability. A bit sometimes, more physicality, isn't it? yeah, and sometimes that can go wrong when, when you know you see him giving ball in stupid areas and stuff like that. But when it works, it's great. And obviously, the games he's got to play, you know, when he gets more games, he'll be. He looks like he's going to be a good asset, but. Are you going to start? Well, are you going to start? Are you going to start? Him well, I'll tell you what 11s? we'll do. We'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll turn this on its head, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll look at positives, as many people have probably heard from um, senior management in in the respective jobs <laughs> that they have. We will um, look for solutions and not problems. <laughs> um, so we will um, <laughs> we'll have a little break and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll be, we'll be positive and we'll talk about some of the good things that we've seen. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Wiseman's Here podcast. Right, we're just going to have a little bit of a, maybe a summary of where we are uh, with an all midweek game to look at. And uh, and be positive because we are positive people here, really. Um, and um, I saw a tweet quote earlier that was just like listing the uh, promoter club clubs across the the EFL and um, collated their points together and how that looked. And it does make good reading for for Sunderland. So um, top of that little group, you have Grimsby um, who come up into League Two, didn't they? And they're they're on 19 points. Exeter then, who went up from League 2 to League 1, are on 18 points. Then Sunderland come, um, are on 17 points. Wigan on 16, Rotherham and Portville on 15. So that is, um, you know, a sign that that we're doing all right. Doing all right, despite the obvious frustrations Um which, which lead me to believe we we should be doing better, but, but that's but that just is, I would back say, a step from it. No, but even so the frustrations that should lead to do better just is that is being positive in itself because that it's that striving for you know mm. looking at what we've got and going well if we just if you just added you know you know put the cherry on the top then we'd be you know we'd be we could be sitting in the playoffs comfortably. I mean some of the some of the teams we've played against this season. Little Reading, I mean, that must have been that must have been a horrendous off night for them. I can only think that. I can only think that know. because they, that they were like worse. They've only drawn one game all season. They were and worse. They won every game at home before and, we went there. And they since as well, yeah, they are worse than many of the League One teams we played last year when yeah. we played them. They were terrible. Yeah. They were terrible. But and Paul in suggested at the end of that game that like. Right, time to get real now. We need to stay up. And you thought, oh, he's where their slump comes. Mm-hmm. And it's been nothing of a sort. Well, I think with us as well, what's quite pleasing is that sometimes a promoted team might have accumulated 17.8 in a little all-in-one go, like a really good run when they first went up and then sort of tanked off since. Whereas we've actually had a couple of bumps in the road that we've kind of responded to. Like, you know, we did got that draw on the opening day. We had a couple of good results. Well, then we had obviously the Bristol City win. Then we had the QPR. You know, we've kind of, we've not just had like a streak of wins, which is like bang a load of points on the board to kind of, in a way, make us look better than we possibly are. I think what we've actually done is we've had quite, we've played basically all of the good teams in the league, bar Burnley, um, looking at the table. And we are, we've kind of got, you know, we've looked, we've looked good in all of those games. So it's not been like we've, we've, you know, beaten all the rubbish teams, had, had a really easy start and then and now falling away. I think it's more that we're actually kind of being quite consistent in how we're picking points up, which I think is important because it's a really long season. So you can't afford to just have like streaks of loads of points that are nothing than streaks. And you know you need to try and be consistent. I think we are being consistent in the way we're picking up the points. And we have had some for me is positive. emphatic victories as well, you know, a couple of three nils. We've had a lot of clean sheets. Yeah. Um and I think when you look at the start of the season defensively we look a little bit ragged. 
but as it's gone on, um, we certainly look more solid, and that's even without the height and physicality that other teams well, have got. Defensively, just looking here, we've conceded thirteen. Only Sheffield United, Preston, and well, um, yeah, goals against Sheffield United, Preston, Burnley have conceded less than us out of the top. Wow. Good but start. Patterson is just going from strength to strength. Like, I mean, if you've ever met me, there's a likelihood that I've told you how much I love Anthony Patterson. I think he's absolutely great. And I think maybe at one point I've said he might be England's future number one. But <laughs> I do I do think he's having a really strong season. I think um, even on Saturday, if we're looking at kind of the positives to come out of that, he made some really convincing saves in that second half. Yes, there's areas to maybe worked on in his game, but I think that he's just going from strength to strength. And obviously the stats that Jim's just said, we do have good defenders in front of him, but I, I do think he's making a really kind of positive he's a great save, yeah, 100%. He's growing. You can see he's growing in confidence yeah. as well. Like he, he doesn't look like a young keeper. He looks just like as good as any of the keepers that have been in the other teams we've played, if you know what I mean. He's very like, um, understated, isn't he, I think? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like hair around with his eyes bulging out of his head or anything like that. Um, but you can see he's got the respect for the defenders in front of him, and that's the that's the main thing. And it is, a, I think, it's remarkable really what he's achieved in, you know, in what ten months. Yeah, but he's I mean, this watching... time last year, he was in Notts not County, wasn't he? Well, that's the thing. I was watching the Wrexham documentary the other day, and there's a point where they play Notts County, and he's in goal for them. And yeah, I was like, completely <laughs> forgot that we because we recalled him, didn't he? Because yeah. the COVID, was it wasn't it? Yeah, it when Hoffman got COVID, got COVID. and Burge got, and then yeah. and then and then he played against. Well, he made his debut against Wickham at home. And then they didn't play again. Then play again. So, then he made yeah. his. Then he played again at Wickham away, and he actually made some uh, really good saves in that game. Even though he was, was blamed, targeted, I think he? he was blamed for a few of the goals, yeah. which targeted, were like yeah. fouls and offside. I think. Well, were, were they? If you remember their equalising goal, he was targeted by like Akin yeah. Pendle, two of the massive, yeah. massive dudes who just like yeah. completely blocked him off with Yeah, he has he as well like, found his. No, no, I was going to say, like, he has as well found his voice. Like, I think that was very much something that at the beginning I was like, oh, he, he doesn't say a word to them. But I think it must be as he's got more used to them and as he's kind of, as we said, like, grown bigger and grown more into the team, gained their respect, he is now shouting at them. You can see him commanding his defence and his game. Yeah, I, I think he's great, he's really. the ball. You can see he's, like, he's almost telling people where he's going to put it and he's yeah. not like... yeah. You know, well, he's that, kind of like trying to dictate more conviction. Like the when, when he can. I think yeah, that's that's an underrated part of his game as well. Because yeah. actually, he's obviously he's not like sort of Pickford levels of like quality distribution, but he's certainly pretty good. You know, he, he's fine. He's, he's, he's long passing. He's pretty well, Pickford was at Preston North End in the Championship when he was Patterson's age. Well, no, I, was, I just mean I like would, in terms of like the quality distribution. I would, I would, I would just, yeah, I would say it's his weakness I, I, as well. I think it's his weakness, his distribution. I think it's, I mean, you saw. Well, no, I'm saying he's getting than... better though. He's, he's starting to like command it a bit more. He's, he, I'm not saying he's like Pickford levels of good. That's what I'm saying. He's getting better at it. So like, is he on Saturday? Right footed or left footed? Right. Foot. I thought he was left because well, I was having this debate with the lad asking next to who's a goalkeeper himself, and it's like no, he's left footed, and then he, he kicks it. He takes about three kicks with his left foot. And then it's like, no, he's right footed, man. And then the next three he takes with his right foot. And I've not, and, and that's what I've like he, 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 he does. He, he uses both. He uses both feet. But like, it's strange because it's not like every time he's on the left, he uses his left foot. And every time he's on the right, he uses his right foot. And if you can do that, that's great. 
there are times when he's under pressure that he uses the other foot you would expect him to use. And it's yeah. really bizarre. And if anybody wants to like let us know what's going on with that, then uh, that would be great. Yeah, but... it, it, I, I can't tell. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because sometimes they're, they're a bit spoony, some of his clearances. But I thought he was left footed, but maybe he's right footed. I thought he was right footed. He uses both. Watch next game. That's a good yeah. thing, though. He's, that he's, you know, he's obviously training that out. He's getting better, yeah. I think. And he's, he's, he's training that out, obviously, in the week and trying to do it in the game because, you know, obviously it's of a, a benefit because, of, in, especially when you're playing out from the back. Um, and you might receive the ball in a tight space from one of the centre backs when they when they go back to the keeper. You might have to distribute the ball immediately with. Oh yeah, but you don't want him in the situation where he has yeah. to use the wrong foot in a exactly. really, really dangerous situation. And that's often where you see the keepers close down in teams where they want to play out from the back is when they try and transition the ball onto the the their good foot, um, and that's mm-hmm. when they get blocked out. So maybe that's something that they're working on. If we're going to play in this way, um, you need to be able to get rid of the ball first time um, with E of the foot. Maybe it is. I mean, that could be total rubbish. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it, that we're having that discussion where you, you don't know which foot he is because he that's how he's distributing the ball. So One thing, um, when we did, you know, me and Matt did that podcast with David Priest a few weeks ago, and he mentioned a bit on Patterson saying about how how like how dedicated he is in terms of like improving improving his game, and I think you can really see that. You know, he's so for example, the distribution would possibly be one of his weaknesses, but you can definitely see that he has improved on it. And I think his general confidence, and like Eleanor was saying, you know, the fact he's more vocal, I think he's really really committed to. to and well, obviously Dave Priest worked with him last season, was saying he's really really committed to making this work, and and you can definitely see um, that he, given that he's what he's he's made thirty appearances for us first team, and he's only twenty two. He's getting, you know, he's he's coming on leaps and bounds, isn't he? So he's the most. He, he, I mean, you could argue that of any player that's played for us in. I, I mean, in the well, I don't know how many years he's the, easily the most improved player in a short space yeah. of time. I can recall. I can't. I like. I can't think of a player who's maybe Luke O'Nine who had a really poor start and then, but he was out the team for a while, um, and I don't think. Um, I don't think Patterson had a poor start. I just think he's grown um, in the performances that he's given. And you think about the amount of clean sheets we had last year um, and some of the, obviously the defensive record that we've got in place this year. Um, yeah, I mean... Well, there's, well, when Neil came in, he never even thought about playing putting Hoffman. No, he didn't Hoffman was available, in, did he? No, no. I, don't, I, I know like people have their opinions, but I didn't think Hoffman was... Was that bad? I thought he was pretty. No, good. I didn't. I thought he, was, he made some cracking saves. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was a de- he was decent enough. I thought at that level. He just probably got a bit unlucky with the illnesses and stuff that he had and the injuries. So a bit of a shame for him. But um, yeah, I mean, Patterson. That's the thing. And he, he. I mean, that's a, that's a funny thing is when we have the, the discussion about the forwards. Uh, <laughs> not to go back to it, but I'm going to. Um, you know, the, the one of the counter arguments. Is well, why would you come and why would you come and uh, to this club if you know you're going to be third choice goalkeeper? You got one position. Otherwise, all teams would only have a no. Left. Yes, yeah. but my point is, if you go to Anthony Patterson at the start of last season, he would not have been anywhere near the reckoning because you had Lee Burge and you had Torben Hoffman who were brought in, um, and within. <coughs> What 
14, 15 months. Yeah. Well, not even that because he'd start the season. So within 11 months, he has gone from nowhere, going on loan to Notts County in the in the National League to playing as a first team, number one, in a championship team, in a team like Sunderland as well. In one of the teams that's conceded the least amount of goals yeah. in the league. So don't, I think, I think yeah, like you've got one position to get in there. So not everyone wants to be a Scott Carson and sit on the bench forever and, you know, bag some trophies and put them in his cabinet. Um, you know, it's it's a different, you know, the idea that somebody couldn't back themselves and go, well, I'm coming in, I'm not, I'm in the squad and I'm going to put pressure on the two people ahead of me to get in. And that is what Patterson's done. And yeah, he got a bit of a break on the uh, COVID situation, which got him in at the team versus Wickham. Um, in the January. Um, but this, this is exactly what would have happened to the player who decided to come. Um, well, and, and, and the two injuries happened and he'd be the number one centre forward for the time being. And then he might have played to a point where it's yeah, like, well... He's shot to lose. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that's what we're seeing with Alicia as well. And then you look at Ballard yeah. when he when Ballard comes back, we're, we're like we're fourth best defensive or fifth best defensive team in the league, or joint second best defensive team in the league, depending on how we want to look at it. Well, does Ballard waltz back in? Does Circuit waltz back in? No. I mean they they've you know the, the defensive you know, yeah, we were we're a bit loose at the weekend, but overall you can't really can't really criticize criticize them at all. So I think we look we've looked more solid, possibly more recently. Yeah. I think it, most of the defensive issues were in some of the earlier games, you know, like a Bristol City away. Yeah. Obviously the commentary at home, um, QPR to lose yeah. those two goals right at the end. I think they were whereas if you look at like I think possibly from that Sheffield United game onwards when we were really, really resilient yeah. in the way that we didn't we didn't just go out to concede more goals. It kind of even with the change of manager hasn't really affected that. Um, and I think Mowbray's obviously, I mean, Alex has got a lot of praise, rightly so, for his defensive organisation of us. But I think Mowbray deserves credit as well because it's not like we've gone really bad, bad defensively since he took over. He's no. carried on, and, and he's obviously working. He's obviously now it's it's gone too far on from to say it's still just what Neil was doing because it's been loads of games against loads of different types of teams, and we defended yeah. pretty well against. And, and Mowbray's done different things as well, hasn't he? He's made more substitutions. You know, he makes five a game basically. Um, and uses them, um, which we weren't doing before, um, up to that Norwich game. So, yeah, there's definitely been changes, like you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alicia was one I was going to bring up as well in terms of the positives. Uh, just that competition, you know what, back, the way all nine's playing, the way Danny Bart's playing. I know all nine had a bit of a wobble, uh, the, the weekend, but generally speaking. They're the, the all doing the jobs and all playing well. We need we need that now. Like Eleanor touched on earlier with the Corey Evans situation, we need somebody else to come in and make a mark on there now, don't yeah. we? Because that again, try not to be negative. That's a concern. Yeah. It's, it's like Corey trying to now. move the yeah. parts around to try and accommodate for the lack of striker situation, and now you've got you've got Evans absent as well. It's time for somebody to do it. Time for someone to step up. And especially with there being kind of some, like Dan Neal, I absolutely love him. I think he's a great player, but I do think he's had a couple of kind of quiet, I guess would be the way to put it, games. I think um, against Blackpool on Tuesday night, 
uh, last week. I think he was definitely slightly more quiet. I think Embleton, who again, love him. I think he's been a little quieter. And when we look at the midfield and we're saying someone needs to step up, one of those lads needs to, but kind of are they going to have that confidence? Are they going to have the conviction to do it? Yeah, well, just on Embleton, I see, you know, he gets quite a lot of criticism, I see, at times. I think some of it's warranted, but um, I think he's, he's and Mowbray's mentioned this as well, he's blatantly such a talented player in the way, you know, in, in terms of his ability, you know, his set-piece delivery. With, I, I feel I feel like personally he's just more of the set-pieces than, than he does, really. Yeah. But, um, he, and also, you mentioned that thing about him shooting and in, in training. Embleton probably shoots more than anybody else. I can, I can see why he plays him. I think with Embleton, he really needs a goal. Um, and then yeah, I think definitely. he'll he'll because he he he, do, he tries the right things, but he and he also, but he but he does seem to go missing at times, like like Neil does as well. So I think that I think you're right, Eleanor. But one of those two is probably going to have to step up, unless it's going to be one of the lads, Matete or Bar, is going to come in. In which well, case, um, Embleton can't do Embleton can't do the 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 Evans job. It would have to be Neil. So yeah, and he could you know if you wanted to put Clark up front, he could bring. Ahmad on or a Benetti on the side, and then you know you could, you've got Pritchard, Embleton, and, and and Neil, and he might he might want he might do that at home against Wigan, mm-hmm. um, but Wigan have got a really good away record, so maybe he'll go with that more defensive option. Um, but the thing is, he he can't take. Then you're like, well, if you take out Evans and then you make another change in midfield, you're making two changes in midfield, aren't you? Um, an yeah. unforced and a forced. So. I mean, it's it's. I think Mateta's got some talent. I think, but it just hasn't, just doesn't seem to fully realise that yet. Um, and I feel as though yeah. like for he him, looks good in flashes, doesn't he, when he comes on? But yeah. yeah, and then he'll like give the ball away, yeah. and you're like, oh, you were but so close. We said that. I mean, we did say similar about Elise. Elise, obviously, having yeah. lost less before he came in for a start, and maybe I know Mateta has started. But what I kind of mean is, I'm wondering if Mateta has looked improved. In recent weeks, I think yeah. whatever, whatever it is about the because since when he came on earlier in the season and last season, some games he would come on and you weren't really noticing. Whereas I've noticed him a lot more. You know, Watford he had a big impact. He had a big impact, I think, on Saturday as well. To be fair, from when he came on, and I'm just wondering whether he might be showing signs he's ready to step up. And I know obviously it's an enforced one in this game, and Mowbray clearly trusts him possibly more than Neil did insofar as he's come on a lot more under Mowbray. So maybe he'll get the nod, and then because he has, he he'd be the the classic defensive midfielder in your, your term as as Evans is it if you're going to do a straight swap, wouldn't it? Interesting to say because a couple of them are going to have to step up. Like like Gareth said, there, I'll be inclined. I think he's going to if he's been having those three lads, you know, who we discussed there, Neil Emberton and Pritchard playing anyway. I'd be I'd be surprised if you, if you want to change things too much from from that. And Neil probably would be the one who just he's done a, he's played that role before, hasn't he? He's, mm-hmm. he's sat yeah. and played that role before. Would so. you go with um, Ahmad or Bennett on if on the? I'd on start Ahmad. I still think Bennett impacts up for me at the minute. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I have to agree. I think he just he has that kind of something when he comes on. And he really does change the game up. And Ahmad looked quite comfortable, I'd say. So, yeah, definitely Ahmad. You know, another positive, very positive people, aren't we? Another positive thing um, is um, obviously Mowbray after the game um, on in the week 
sort of said, you know, I need to shoot more, he needs to shoot more. I think he had about five shots when he came on, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Um, he was just yeah, shooting all the time. Which is good. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, but that is a positive thing. Now, mm-hmm. and all you need to do is get that balance right in, in the terms of the decision-making is, you know, you, yeah, you don't need to shoot all the time, but I if thought... he keeps doing the, what he's doing, he'll yeah, score the effort, the effort he had so. where he cut inside and shot, you know, um, and it, it's good. I think I, I, that's a really that's that's a positive thing straight away to see a change in, you know, someone's taking something on board. And I think it's probably with him. It's you know building up a bit of confidence. There must be a lot of pressure. I mean, someone like that who's come with a massive price tag, gone to Manchester United, um, and he's gone up with Rangers and things like that. You know, it's it, it must weigh on your mind. Um, so it's good to hit, good to see that. You know, he he. Kind of implemented some of those um, improvements at the, at the weekend, and I would definitely go with with him, like from the start, like you say, over Bennett. But I don't know what kind of, and also you could say about Ahmad, he hasn't really had an opportunity in his natural position, really, has he? He's always been like through the middle, where he's more of a wide player. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, see, I would also say Roberts. Bit if he last few few games, I thought that he got absolutely nothing out and out of the the, the Swansea defence at the weekend. I thought he was the Adam in the back pocket. To be honest, I don't think he went past. I don't think he went past them. I think he might have gone past their left centre back once, and in, in ninety minutes, um, he seemed to just have a. It was a Cabango, I think. Was it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But one of his, he, he's, in, he's so inconsistent, isn't he? I think yeah, he, that was one of his. <clears throat> Like a lot of wingers at this level, I think in the in the Roberts mould, I think a lot of them are like that, and they'll have games where you just don't notice them, and they'll have a few and do well. Hopefully, yeah. that is yeah. one of them not, out of the way for a few yeah. weeks. Now. I'm not having a go, um, and like that's no, what no. Wingers are like you He's, know, some days you're gonna yeah, you're gonna um, but you know you like like Alan pointed out earlier, Clark sometimes has those days, but in terms of output, if you look at it, um, he scored. Um, yeah, consistently scored goals and created goals, um, whereas obviously Roberts had that. Game against Reading, where he had his sort of day in the sun, um, whereas Clark has been consistent well, contributor yeah. um, across the games, even if he has drifted in and out of them at times. So, well, Clark cemented like there's no way you'd consider dropping him. Oh, whereas I mean, Roberts, Rob, like, whereas Roberts, you, you look at and you think, does he deserve a start here after his performance yeah. last week? Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, at the end of the moment, Roberts will keep getting an opportunity and. And hopefully hits that hits a bit of a you know a bit a bit of a run where you know he, he is a bit more consistent and there's some some um end product as well. Um but you know it is interesting again social media isn't isn't a barometer of, in, in yeah. some ways, you know, you can argue either way, but I always think it's a funny one when you see more sort of comments about people mourning about things. Than the comments of people actually doing the morning, yeah. So that's, I would a, very, say that, that's a common one. That I, think and I would, I would like... say that I would say that is definitely the case. Of, oh well, well, God, people going mad. We've only lost this game. Blah blah blah. It's like, well, I haven't, really seen, seen, anyone, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen anyone. Going, I haven't seen anybody. I haven't seen anyone going mad. Maybe yeah. seen like one person like being, but all it always seems to be the people who are first to jump on some for being negative are the first ones to like. Be massively negative as soon as the opportunity mm-hmm. comes. That'll go from nothing. To like yeah, yeah. This whole toys yeah. come out of the pram, but you know. So it's said on this point many times. Stay level. That's the <laughs> thing. Stay level because. But some people's binary opinions is like everything. Oh, he's gone. 
He was amazing. There he is. <laughs> he's sent at the Max Headroom. Uh, there he, uh, he's back now. Yeah. The Max Headroom there. I mean, Stephen laughed because you might remember who Max Headroom was. Um, if you were uh, if you are under the age of 32, you probably don't know who Max Headroom is. So there you go. Do you know who Max Headroom is? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've heard of him, I'm, and I'm 33, um, so I feel like I should know more about him. Than yeah, well, if you were under 32. Yeah, uh, speaking yeah. for the under 32s, yeah. I have literally not a clue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I've just Googled him, I know who he is. Yeah, he knows, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Back to the Future 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in Back to the Future 2 in the uh, Pepsi advert. Um, yeah. But you guys, it was like an MTV sort of weird, like, graphic weird type thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a weird thing. Lots of listeners Googling that now. Then that there won't be, they'll be turning off. That's nah, what we'll be doing. There won't be. There will be. Google. Let us know if you've Googled Max Headroom. Yeah, have you Googled uh, on social media? Um, right. Well, we 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 got a, a decent length out of that there. Really, um, we'll let Matt come back uh, later in the week and look ahead to we'll that let Wigan we'll, game. We'll allow it. <laughs> we'll allow it. We'll let it. We'll, yeah. we'll uh, let that happen. Um, where he'll be looking at Wigan in uh, no doubt great depth. Um, and probably talking about how Max Power is going to come back and score the winner. Max Hedrew might come back and score the winner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, he's quite angry. Like, of all, like if you put a few balls in the box with him, you don't know which ang- where, where it's going to go off. Do you really? Sign him up. Sign him up. Yeah, real test for Patterson. Let's see how good. Yeah, he actually yeah, yeah. Is. I mean, he's literally like a fifty pen, like as a, a fifty pence head as the um is a as the insult would go. Max Hedrew is a bit of a like a natural 50 pence mm. head. So whether it, yeah. it might go to his favour, it like deflects off the As opposed to one right he's had corner. like plastic surgery to look like a, the, in a natural yeah. 50 pence. Has anybody ever had plastic surgery look like Max Headroom? There's a thing. You know, because you get those stories where it's like, this person mm. spent £10,000 to look like this person and they never do. I think, yeah, if you got, yeah. if you, I think if you had botch surgery, you could look like Max Headroom. Eleanor's got to like look who. So Jimmy now is he's looking agreeing. Um, I think Eleanor yeah. needs to Google who. I now, I now love Max. I'm, I'm going to Google. Google he'd probably he'd probably. I'm all, ra- I'm all about Max Hedrum. Max Hedrum would probably rather Rory's job than playing. To be fair, <laughs> I wonder if uh, the announcer will ever get phased out by AI. Actually, which is of course what Max Hedrum is. Yeah. Um, well, we can only hope, really. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean he, he, he could be an option. I mean, he's probably available, and we do need a forward. So I'm just saying, I'm not. Yeah, it's him, or, it's him or Danny Graham. Realistically, yeah. who would you rather? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to be fair, he is ageless, Max Headroom, because he is a sprite. But um, ultimately, he could do a job for us up front if given the opportunity, in my opinion. He'd at least occupy the defence. He would. He would. Even, yeah, even yeah. if his touch yeah. was crap. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.